Welcome to Joe Picks a World Cup Team. In this podcast, Joe, abandoned by his U.S. men's national team, is evaluating all 32 World Cup teams to find out who he should root for in 2018. This week, I don't have an intro. My apologies to both South Korea and the entire Korean Peninsula, but without further ado, let's get into it, live from Seattle. Hey, Dan. This week on Joe Picks a World Cup Team, South Korea. States no football, but not football, it seems. So now he needs a surrogate. Dan will help him look for it. They'll have decisions to make, like how much genocide's a deal break. Joe picks a World Cup team. He's crossing borders to find out who's for him. What more could you ask for? It's time to stamp your Joe picking passport. So grab your bottle and pour. Let's hope he doesn't start a war. Hey, Dan. That was like intro classic. Yeah, yeah. I'm but a little without bummed. a pun, even. Yeah. I'm a, I'm bummed, Joe. I wanted to write an intro. South Korea, worthy of an intro. But the one consolation I felt, and first of all, I didn't do it because there was no time. I mean, your children are insane. Awful. I've literally, at one point on this trip, your child was taking a stick, bashing it against parking signs, and we said, don't do that, and then she just threw it at a car, and it just hit a car. An occupied car. A car with a woman inside of it, (laughs) who was just like, what is going on? Yeah. No damage was caused, but... No, but we didn't didn't stick around to find out, actually. (laughs) I mean, there may have been. You didn't stick around. I like that, Joe. (laughs) Okay, but again... The Olympics were just in South Korea. They had, people, people know. They had a three-hour opening ceremony. Yeah. They had a two-hour closing ceremony. Refer to anything and everything that the NBC announcers said. Yes. During the opening ceremony. Except the parts that got the guy fired. Ignore that part. Everything else, 100% Good. accurate. Good. And we've got drones here flying in unbelievable shapes. Yep. Right yep. here, live in this uh, basement. Yep. We've banned the Russian team from competing in this basement. Yeah, yeah. In fact, you've banned the Russian team from your competition. They're already Entirely. out, Joe. Entirely, out. yeah. But, Joe, this episode is special in one way, because for the first time ever, the drink has been sent to us. Yeah, provided. We have not by a super fan. And, and, Joe, I was just trying to do basic research into what we got sent. I wanted to see how alcoholic is this drink we're about to drink. And I, I binged online, and I saw that the drink we're going to have rates in uh, alcohol content anywhere from 15 to 53%. So Small range. So I just Small thought, range. that's a bit, you know. That, it's either a mild drink or rubbing alcohol. That could impact yeah. how we're going to drink <laughs> it. So I thought I would, I would bing the bottle to, to figure it out. It is entirely in Korean. There is not... Well, There's actually, an English word on there. Korean, except for r- randomly the word fresh. <laughs> You're right. You're right. It is entirely in Korean. There are probably about uh, 300 Korean words on the front yes. and the back. Yes. And there's one English word. Fresh. Fresh. Fresh, yeah. So. I mean, if nothing else, though, 
We know it's fresh. We know it's fresh. So, so my sister, your wife, she did have an app which could translate Korean pictures. And so it, some of the things that were translated made it seem that it might not be a drink. That it was like, <laughs> it, it made it almost seem like it could be a cleaning solution. But then one part of it, it did translate properly. It said alcohol. 17.8%. So, which could still be a cleaning solution. Right. It's, and also the term fresh would fit right in with that. I know. So, it could be a, a drink, it could be cleaning solution, but let's see. I mean, is Superfan Tom trying to kill us? If if this gets released, probably not unless it is like one of those things where, I mean, the Korean Peninsula has been known to Use some sort of poison to, you know. It's true. It's true. This right. is, is this, should we not be doing this? Um, I mean, look, look, at the end of the day, we have to, you know, die the way that we live. Okay. Drinking random <laughs> liquors. Shipped to us by your friends? Yeah, exactly. All right. Sean says about South Korea, these guys do not fuck around. They are number one in hard liquor consumption, averaging over twice as many shots per week as the number two. Wow. Another team, we just... Must be Russia, right? It's Russia, yes. Russia. Twice as many shots per week as Russia? Twice as many. And Joe, their weapon of choice is soju, which is probably what we're drinking, though there's honestly no way to be sure. Soju, some sort of cleaning thing. It's fresh. We know that. And here's what Sean says. Soju is the weapon of choice. It's pretty awful and will fuck you up if you aren't careful. Jinro Soju is the best-selling booze brand in the world. Have a shot to experience it hardcore Korean style. A mixed version is Kojin Gammek, Coke, beer, and soju. You first put an empty shot glass into a beer mug. You fill this halfway with Coke. Then you place a second shot glass on top of the Coke. It should fit right into it, and then you fill this with a half or full shot of soju. Because of gravity, the last thing you will drink will be the Coke... This will get rid of the soju and the beer aftertaste. Man, the Koreans know how to drink. So basically, soju is so disgusting, the shot is designed to hide the taste. Enjoy. I didn't realize that the Koreans were like the Irish of Asia. They are, Joe. Yeah. All right. You ready to pour this? Well, Joe, we... No, Joe. (laughs) Joe. I was going to say we need to take the first part of it as a shot. Oh, geez. You poured... Okay, here, split this in half. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought poured, you, you poured a full glass. I thought you wanted some, like, sipping soju. No. I, we have to take the first part as a shot, as Sean says, and then we will then switch to our sipping soju. Right, what's cheers in Korean? I don't know. Let's look it up. And also a shout-out out there to our many Korean listeners. I mean, I know we have super fan, fan emeritus Tom, who sent us this, hopefully soju, and we have... Super fan, fan emeritus, Pam. So that is at least two Korean listeners, hopefully more. Okay, I'm not sure. Hold on, we're going to let Bing tell us how to say this. All right, let's butcher it. Our, our fans love when we fuck it up. Okay. All right. Jionbe. 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 Yeah, Jionbe. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's got to be wrong. <laughs> gonna... All right. Jionbe. Jionbe. All right. That's smooth. Very, really smooth. I'm yeah. going to pour you some sip and so- soju here. Yeah, that's... that's I th- that did not have the bite I was expecting. Well, consider, I mean, 
If I could say one word to describe it, Joe, it would certainly be fresh. It's very fresh. <laughs> it is fresh. It's fresh. It's clean tasting. Is that, is, a that, is that a picture of a frog a pine, on there? There's a frog. And actually, ooh, more English. Since 1924. Since 1924. Okay. I'm sure our Korean expert, well, certainly, well, hopefully Tom knows what he sent us. But from 1924, a frog yeah. and... I might say a, a a very attractive young woman on the back who who seems to be enjoying her soju. She is, and actually, I should say Thompson has two bottles. One broke. Oh my goodness! One arrived completely broken. Oh no! So, did you tell him that? No, I haven't talked to him since. Oh my god! Got to file the insurance or something. That could have been a multi-thousand-dollar bottle of soju. Well, Tom, there you go. We're drinking the one that says fresh on it. With the other the frog. one. The other one broke. All right. Well. I think, like good Koreans, we've already had a shot. We'll be sipping soju the rest yeah. of the podcast. We have to have twice as many shots as we drank during the Russia episode. Well, unfor- I'm so sad that one of them broke. I know. But we'll finish this one. And, Joe, before we get into this blockbuster episode, we've got a couple pieces of business to go to. First of all, let's just look at some brief feedback on our France episode, our longest episode ever joe is this feedback from the reddit page of course so here we go from the thriving joe picks joe picks subreddit reddit.com slash r slash joe picks now i'm not i don't like talk about reddit out loud do you say that url or do you just say the joe picks subreddit i think i think if you just say subreddit joe picks people will find it right they know there's no like other way there's no other do you type say of subreddit joe picks or joe picks subreddit Either one is acceptable. I don't think subreddit Joe Picks makes any sense. I don't think you would say that. Subreddit, comma, Joe Picks. <laughs> well, look, if you put it into Bing, yeah. you'll find the right thing. <laughs> Hopefully. We haven't tested that. Here's what we got. You, Joe, posted, that was a lot of podcasts. It was a lot of podcasts. You, a noted listener of our podcast. Superfan Emeritus Josh responded and said... It was his favorite episode so far, only because we endorsed his book. I mean, a worthy endorsement. So, there you go. Josh also notes, To add to the food and couponing, the best falafel I've ever had is in the Marai. I, I think I pronounced that right. Is that mm-hmm. in France? Mm-hmm. He yeah, says, probably. only five euro. And just a note, that English is by far the key global language for another reason y'all might not have been aware of. Joe, get ready for this. I'm ready. I've not read this. It's, it's the lingua franca in India. For instance, yes. in parts of the South, you're more likely to find an English speaker than a Hindi speaker. English is the link language across across all of India. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, from my understanding, and, and I and know India jo- has a shitload of people, so it's got the second most. Yeah. And from my understanding, when Josh went to India, he he does not mention this before, but he said that getting around India, by far the most important thing he had was a mustache. He said, <laughs> without a mustache, you don't get any respect as a man. Is that because he, like, reminded them of, like, colonial oppressors? Did he wear, like, one of those, like, English, like, safari hats? No, too? no, no. He's just saying, basically, every man had a mustache every, in India. Okay. And he's like, he had to grow a mustache, otherwise, it just, he couldn't even blend in at all. You can't okay. blend in if you don't have a mustache. And then... Apparently, he's just speaking English the whole time, and that's great. He's getting around north, south, east, west. See, I think I think in our 
our two language debate. I think as I thought about it more, it's like you want to have, this is why I think that our, the answer that we settled on, I don't know what people voted on, but like the, the English Mandarin combination makes the most sense to me because it's like when you buy like a new piece of technology, right? You want your technology to be as compatible with as many things as it can be. Yeah. But you also want to future proof it. Yeah. The English part is compatible. Yeah. You get like if if you want to pick the language that will allow you to communicate with the most people in the world, it's English. The Mandarin part is like the future proofing. I mean, we're losing to China. Like Yeah, exactly. It, it is very clear <laughs> like, that they have like, the future. They will be the dominant language yeah. at some point. No doubt about it. And and Joe, just to what you said, uh, both Superfan Jay and Superfan Josh chimed in. No difference. Yeah. Everybody we nailed it. Mandarin, Spanish, French. Now, Josh put Arabic fourth and Russian fifth, just like you said. Yeah. Jay came in with a slightly different one. He put Russian fourth, no Arabic. He put Klingon fifth. Oh, see, that's good. That makes yeah. sense. I, Get a I, little nerd cred in there. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, talk about future proofing. That's true. <laughs> really playing the long game there. That's a good point. This is a long game. Look, I've seen episodes of Futurama. Yeah. Star Trek could really take off in the future. Exactly. You know, that's yeah, one. Of, you that's, a, that's a timeline. Yeah. All right. Fair points to Jay. Good, good, uh, good idea. Good future proofing. But now, Joe, a more serious consideration has come up. Now, this isn't on the subreddit. You came to me based on something that was said in the last podcast. The problem that there's no way we're going to ever finish this in time, Joe. No. no. That's, that seems like a problem. And, you know, it, it was one thing during the NFL podcast when we can, like, you can get a game or two into the season and like nothing is going to be catastrophically different. Right. Like, and also because in the NFL podcast, I was picking a team for years and years to come. Even if the team that I really liked was 0 and 2, you'd say, okay, well this isn't their year, but like, I'm going to love them for the next 20 years. So who cares? Yeah. Um, with this, I'm picking a team for this tournament. It can't, <laughs> no. I get, it can't get one game into this tournament without me being a fan of this team. It just doesn't it, make it any sense. Maybe the Euros, Joe. And possibly the or, Euros. Or other. Or the South or America Cup or the African, African Cup, League of Asian Nations. Cup, Absolutely. Et cetera. But that's a very good point. Right. If, we, if we're if we one week late. It doesn't ha- work. Half we of the games have, have already finish. been played. Okay. So I'm very concerned, Dan. Very concerned. I On, would. If, if you could put your I would put threat level orange right now. If it was a pepper. How spicy are we talking? Not not ghost pepper, but like certainly habanero. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's pretty spicy. Yeah. So be, it's not ghost because, because there's a way out. Okay. I see a way out. You've, you've crunched the numbers. I've crunched the numbers. So the way I figure it, we need to be done with the preliminary stage of this podcast, or the bulk of the podcast, which is, I mean, the longest stage, the group stage, by the end of June. The World Cup kickoff is on June 14th. That gives us two weeks to record the various playoff episodes and the finale. Wait, end of Ju- you mean end of May? Sorry, end of May, beginning of June. Oh my God, May is May is next month. I Dan, <laughs> Joe, this is, listen, this is a debacle. This is a debacle. So, oh my God, after we record tonight, we have nine weeks between now and the end of May. Oh my god, Joe. I already know the math in my head. This is our 15th episode, so we have 17 left, not even counting the playoffs. Listen. Oh my god. It's not all bad. This is terrible. You're in the place that I was, but then I had a proposal in mind. A proposal? I have an idea. Okay. Now, in 
the NFL podcast, we did some lightning round episodes. Four, to be exact. Okay. And they were fine. In fact, I think some people liked them much better than our lengthy normal episodes. I mean, the Riley the Diabetic episode, I don't think he's come come with us on this journey. That was our best one. Absolutely. The the Sean doing the Bears research was <laughs> subpar. Should have mentioned the name of the coach. <laughs> subpar. I have a different thing in mind though, because even that that was that that like took its toll. We did four in one night, and then we like didn't do any for like two and a half weeks because it was like our bodies and our minds were like dead from it. Can't handle it. It didn't work. This is my proposal. I can look at the list of FIFA World Cup teams this year, and I could pick out five teams. That, in my mind, are probably not the likeliest teams to get through. Okay. Mostly because they're just too bad. They're, they're just going to have a tough World Cup. My proposal is that we have one episode for those five. We don't do every category for all five. Okay. We pick out... We do Too Good, Too Bad. Okay. We do, um, you know, that catch-all category, the road to qualification. Yeah. And World Cup history. And World Cup history. Right. So we talk a lot about that. We do one category, whatever we think. That's something about maybe like the countries. Maybe maybe it's fan culture. Maybe it's system of government. We we can pick that one. And then we do one wild card for each of those countries. So we're learning a little bit. But we're not doing – it's not comprehensive. Wait. But how can we do wild card? That means they would have to do the research. We have to pick the wild card in advance. Exactly. We pick Ah, the wild card in advance. So our researchers don't have to do research – that isn't going to be used. You thought of every. That's yeah. good. And and this is this is to this isn't like a victory lap. This is like the opposite. This is just like in, instead of giving them nothing because you already you already said they're not going but to be picked. Here's a catch. Here's a catch. They're likely not to be picked. But if you're from one of these countries, you might say this isn't fair, Joe. You're not even giving us a chance. But here's what I'll say: of those five teams, I will guarantee at least one will move on. Whoa. So they're actually increasing oh, their chance of getting through. Wow. So you have all these teams that wouldn't have made it through beforehand, but now they are guaranteed one slot, at least one slot. Maybe I'll be taken with two of them and move two of them on. Maybe I'll move all five on. We don't know. Now, Joe, my my only reaction to this is why just five? Why <laughs> do like <laughs> 10 like this? Because, because we have 17 left, so you're going to take five, cut them off the table. So we still have 12 episodes to do in, in what, nine weeks? Yeah, we're going to have to do some double headers. Oh, my God. We're going to have to do some double headers. But I, every time we do a double header, I want a week off to relax. <laughs> yeah, we can't do that anymore. That, that's over, Dan. No. And, Joe, for the playoffs, I mean, if it's like the last episode of the playoffs, which is, is of course, going to be, I'm going to have to fly up to Seattle. We have to play FIFA. Yeah. Oh, wait, can you, you can play FIFA over the internet. Well, you'd have to have a PS4 to do that. You get rent a PS4, I suppose. Well, that's the same cost as a flight. (laughs) But then you actually have a PS4 long term. Huh. Yeah. All right. We'll we'll think about that. Yeah. Because I really don't want to fly back up here. Your life is just brutal. Mm -mm. Maybe I'll fly down there. That'd be so much nicer. Bring your PS4 with you. Yeah. There you go. That's it. Okay. Done deal. You need time for podcasting. We got all the time in the world. (laughs) Maybe we can meet some. Where, what, what's exactly halfway between San Francisco and Seattle? It'd be somewhere in Northern California, where the part where they grow or all the Southern weed. Oregon, yeah, or the, the Jefferson, the, the yeah. state of Jefferson, being in like Humboldt County or whatever. Yeah, no, the, that disputed <laughs> territory. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Okay. Wait, are you going to announce the teams right now? Do you want to hear the five teams I'm thinking of? 
I mean, I have to write them down. I have to send... I, work needs to be done, Joe. This, this, The wheels are in motion of this podcast. Well, Dan, do you have any suggestions about my proposal here? Yeah, if my suggestions are more teams. Like, pick 10 teams. Well, the problem is there's not really... Because you said you're going to give some a chance to go through. There's not really 10 teams. Like, I think it, when you look at the teams, like, there's a lot of teams that, like, I think are sort of, like, requiring a full episode. All right. Well, when you... Damn it. You're right. The problem is a lot of these teams, A, we've already done. Yeah. Let me just tell you the teams I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, Iran. Okay. I think that's sad, though, because that's a really interesting country in the, the global state of the world. It is. No, look, these are all sad. Yeah, this is sad. Switzerland. <sighs> it's a good team. I'm, I'm, I have the odds pulled up in front of me. I'm not going to tell you them, but... Yeah, I know. Tunisia. Yeah, that... Okay. <laughs> no argument. <laughs> That's okay. an easy one. You're good. That's a slam dunk. Senegal. I'd love to do a full episode on Senegal. Okay. Uh, I, I see Senegal, yeah. They're... Uh... Um, I would love to do it. I would love to learn again. And we'll, we'll learn about something. But yeah, you, Senegal is definitely past the threshold. I think Switzerland might be the threshold. Although I, I think Switzerland maybe is right on the border, but probably not. But yeah, Senegal is, is way past the border. So yeah. Okay, so that's four. What's the last one? Well, I mean, I think the last one has to be either Iceland or Panama. And the problem is Iceland is actually like much lower odds, I think. Maybe not much lower, but like Iceland's so interesting because they're the smallest country in there, whatever. Like, hey, look at that. You've already story. gotten one right. I know. Um, but Panama, we already have all the research for already. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I mean, just based on the odds that I'm looking at. Or we just add both Iceland and the Panama. The three worst teams based on odds are Tunisia, Panama, and Saudi Arabia. But unfortunately, we've already got all the research for Panama and Saudi Arabia. Throw Panama in there. We're doing Panama as part of our... But I should just read the research. Sure. We've already done it all. Yeah. I mean, not we, the super fans. Yeah. But we can motor through it. We can just read the work. We'll all learn. In fact, I think if we just read the research without comment... <laughs> this podcast would be ten times more popular. Absolutely. So you're you're proposing that we put Iceland in our five? No, I I can't eliminate Iceland. So Panama's in our Iceland's five. too interesting, and uh, unfortunately, just looking at the odds here. Well, you know what, Joe? No, I was going to say there was another country we could throw in, but we already did it. Costa Rica. Yeah, yeah. Every other team left is important. Literally. I mean, if Switzerland is the line, which I think by all means it should be, there's only there's only one other team that could be eliminated, but it can't be. There are, there are only two other teams that could be eliminated, but they can't be. Both Egypt and Japan cannot be eliminated for various reasons, and every other team is above the Switzerland line, and yeah. they, they cannot be eliminated. We have to do them. This is brutal. This is going to be the hardest... Nine weeks of my life, Joe. <laughs> so this is brutal. We are I, we are adding Panama to our list of five. Then it can be a white and add Saudi Arabia too. We've got the research. Just in, we're not doing a full episode. I'll just I'll just lightning through the research. Okay. And as, both of these teams, I'm, I'm looking at the odds right now. 
both Panama and Saudi Arabia odds are a thousand to one. I mean, yeah. like, we don't need you spending your time. You're, you're you're not going to pick a team to root for that's odds are a thousand to one. Now let's learn about the countries, but we don't need to. You don't need to agonize over the scoring. Right. So we're doing one super episode. I just want to recap with Saudi Arabia. No, no, no. I think for the the ones we have the research for, Saudi Arabia and Panama, we'll just do lightning episodes. Just do it individually, just so if the people are interested. Right. But right. for your random thing, Tunisia, Iran, that's a tough one. It is. But look, sacrifices need to be made. Switzerland. Switzerland. I, I like Switzerland. Get it out. And Senegal. Yep. You know what, Joe? Put Iceland in there, too. Iceland. And you know what? One of these teams will come out. Maybe it'll be Iceland. Yep. Maybe Iceland will have a chance at redemption. And you know, for Iceland, you know, maybe for all of these, we shouldn't pick randomly. We should each pick which which factor we want, just so the country can highlight what it's best at. Well, and maybe maybe this is like on you, Dan. Maybe you should pre Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. And figure out what you think is going to be the most interesting category. I'll do it. I'll handle it. I'll handle it. I love it. Okay. So that's more work for me. Great. But it's going to be easy on our listeners. And they've already had to listen to five minutes of this planning nonsense. So, Joe, let's get into this. Let's get into it. South Korea. Okay. Before, of course, we dip into the details, we like to just get sort of the lay of the land. We like to learn a little bit about the place we're going to be talking about. My favorite segment. It's a little segment Joe, I like to call... Homeland Handbook. That's right. Yes. The people of South Korea are called a Korean, a group of Koreans who are all Korean. The languages spoken, Korean, but also English. English is widely taught in both junior high and high school. Now, Joe, the religions. 20% Protestant. 15% Buddhist, 8% Catholic, 57% no religion. Wow. But it is noted that many people practice Confucianism. So even though they don't have a religious, a a technical religious affiliation, they've got something. And the capital city is, of course, Seoul. Now, Joe, I want to put you on the spot here. Before we get into the Joe Picks guessing category before we get into the game i found i I thought one bit of of interest came to me which is south korea has this capital city of seoul the capital and and seoul is a very large capital city now i'm not going to tell you the exact number of people because that might aid you in a future category and i don't want to give you any advantage but i will note that regardless of the size of South Korea, Seoul, as a capital city, is one of the top 10 largest capital cities in the world. Yeah. So it's actually number nine. So, Joe, of the World Cup teams, Seoul is the fourth largest capital city of the countries. Now, if you can get this right, this will be the most amazing. This this is warm-up. This is uh, HQ trivia. It doesn't matter if you get it wrong. This is tough. I'm going to let you keep guessing until you get it wrong, and then I'm going to tell you the answer. So there are three World Cup countries that have capital cities that have a higher population than Seoul, South Korea. And, and our, our all of our friends at home, 
Our listeners, you can think, pause the podcast, think about it yourself. Three World Cup countries, populations larger than Seoul, South Korea. Joe, can you name them? Can I? While I'm doing that, can I just look at the list of World Cup countries? No. I can't look at anything. No. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm not going to look at the cities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. yes, yes. You can look at the list that you've been looking at. Okay. That's that's helpful because this list has um, cities by population on it. So, okay, um, I'm gonna say I, I just have to give the three. I don't have to give the order, right? Just give the three. No order. Okay. Mex- I don't. I haven't even written down the order. Mexico City. Okay. Oh for one, Joe. That's it. You're done. We know. We know. You said you get to keep guessing. I said you get to keep guessing until you get one wrong. Oh wait. Well, hold on. Let's go back because I didn't. I wasn't sure about that. I, I thought you'd just get to keep throwing things out. Okay. So- no, no, no. I'm saying you're going to either get zero, one, two, or three right. And once you get it wrong, you're done. Oh, let's start over. I did not understand those rules. Let's start <laughs> well, over. You've already- There's a practice round. Let's practice. Okay. Now, Ready? Joe, are you going to guess Mexico City again? <laughs> I mean, that would I mean. be, that would be great. Okay. Tokyo, Japan. That's one. <sighs> wow. Joe, you're on the board. Not a complete and total failure. Although, the whole Mex... I mean, there's going to be a whole Reddit thread about that. Mexico City's really big. It doesn't matter. It's wrong. I shouldn't have given you a second chance, Joe. Two more. Two more. Now, note for the podcast, I'm going to cut his thinking time down so it seems like he's answering instantly, but he's spending serious time thinking about this. Well... So, if he gets it wrong, judge him harshly. (laughs) Let's say, say Moscow. That's two, Joe. Wow. 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 I'm impressed. I'm impressed. One more. Okay. I I mean... I will give no hints. But this is by far the hardest one. Okay. I'm trying to think of... Okay, so... I know Australia is one of the bigger countries. This is a global selling call from... Blank. Joe's basement. <laughs> Blank country. I'm looking around. I see lots of people here. This this place is so crowded, but but where is it? What what country would have a capital city with more people than Seoul, South Korea, and Wait, wait. Can, can Joe name this country? Well, I think I, I think it's the capital of Brazil, but I don't remember the, the city name. We, as I thought, it's not Rio. It's the other one. Okay. The other one is... I'm not giving you wrong answer for saying the other one. I also forget the capital. So Marcel is going to be really mad. But it's not correct. The other one is Joe, none other than your homeland... Cairo, Cairo. Egypt. I thought about that, man. That's tough. That's All right, tough. but that's two out of that's, three. That Joe. is a hard one. Yeah, you're building some momentum here. Although, and Mexico City was not on the <laughs> Mexico top City. No, uh, Mexico City might be. I, I just wrote down the ones that were high. Mexico City could be tenth for all I know. But that's pretty cool. Seoul, Korea, ninth biggest capital city. You know, I like the countries that have the capital city. Really, is yeah, the heart totally, of totally, the. Yeah. It, it, it's a global city. I mean, it's not the ninth biggest city in the world. Of course, just the ninth biggest capital city. But Joe. That was just an aside. Our normal thing. What is the largest export of South Korea? Okay. 
I thought about this a lot. So it could be cars because actually we drive a South Korean car. You drive a South Korean car? Yes, red stuff. Yeah. Oh, wow. But I think I'm not going to say cars, which means it's probably the right answer. But I'm going to say consumer electronics. Consumer electronics survey says? Yes. Okay. Now, I would have given you a wide variety of things. I just wrote down electronics, but technically their largest export is integrated circuits, which is they're just a chip maker. They make the RAM in your, they make the flash memory. They make everything. Yeah. And so, but they also make lots of consumer electronics. They they make LCD screens. They make fully made things. They make everything. So electronics is number one. Cars is number two. Their third is actually, that's the export I'm going to highlight today. And, I highlight an export. It is actually... <laughs> and I, that's, that's the segment name? Dan, Dan highlights an export? <laughs> yes. N- no jingle for that one. No. Well, somebody should send in one. <laughs> this, is my, this is my favorite research segment. Dan highlights an export. Okay, I find the, the export that I think is interesting. And their third biggest export is ships. Big ships. And this is really crazy. So basically... Every big ship you see in the world, whether it be container, container ship, whether it be, I don't know what other types of ships there are, but I assume there are aircraft carriers. Those are big ships. Well, I think those aren't those don't count. I don't. I don't think right, mili- cruise ships. I don't think military ships. Maybe cruise ships. I don't know. Are you really talking about container ships? <laughs> well, it might be cruise ships. Yeah, you know, without any research, cruise ships. Okay, okay? okay. just ships. I think non-military ships are built. Almost exclusively in three countries, Korea, Japan, and China. Oh, wow. And it sort of jostles back and forth between them who actually is the biggest shipbuilder in the world. So I think 10 years ago, it was Korea, and I think Korea was dominating and was like, had this massive industry. But then China sort of took the reins, and I think China was winning. But I think as of now, I think Korea is back on top. So their third largest export is ships, but I think they are actually, as of this moment in time, based on an article I read in the like ship builders <laughs> large large ship monthly. <laughs> yes. I think Korea is on top, so I believe they may I mean who no, says no. who says print journalism I mean, is dead? You guys got, got that subscription to large ship monthly. It's... They couldn't be the largest export of electronics. That must be China. They probably aren't the largest export of cars, but they no. are the largest export of ships at this moment in time. So good for South Korea and Joe. Out of the World Cup countries, there are 32 of them. Where does South Korea rank? Now, we know if we went by capital cities, they would rank fourth. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking capital cities. We are talking capital cities, the neighborhoods and nearby suburbs of those capital cities, and all the additional area that is within the borders of, of the country. Yeah, 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 yeah that's right. Okay. okay. Yeah. Just to make sure you understand. Yeah, no, I got it. I got it. Uh, I'm going to say that they're ninth. They are ninth, Joe. Golasso, golasso, golasso. They were 11th. They're actually right, 11th. Okay, okay. Yeah, not, bad, not bad. Joe, you are on a hot streak. I'm you, feeling the Koreans. You stumbled a little bit with the Mexico City, and now you're simpatico. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it. what was happening was. The soju wasn't quite getting in the bloodstream. This soju is keeping me on top of my game. This this is fresh, Joe. It's really fresh. It's also I cleaned this table with it, and look at look look at that shine. <laughs> that it's is, beautiful. That's amazing. It's beautiful. 
it really brings out the maple. Maybe soju actually does both. It could be. <laughs> I think so. I mean, it is weird this is a spray bottle. <laughs> it, it took a long time to fill up those shot exactly. glasses. Exactly. 11th out of the 32, coming in at 51 million people. 27th overall. So the 27th largest country in the world, but their capital city, 9th largest, 4th largest of the World Cup countries. Now, you mentioned during Homeland Handbook that um, you call someone from South Korea a, a Korean. Do, is there any way to distinguish between a South Korean and a North Korean? Like, do they are they just all Koreans? Do they say I'm a South Korean? I, I honestly was thinking the exact same thing when I was reading it. Now, as many astute people might note, Homeland Handbook is actually just a mm, bit of a tweak on the CIA fact book. So <laughs> it did not say South Korean. It said Korean. So, you know, obviously we have listeners who are Korean or maybe South Korean. We have listeners who are stationed in South Korea, perhaps they can uh, give feedback on whether it is, uh, whether it, you just say somebody is Korean or whether you are, should say they are South Korean. The thing that also, like, I wonder is, is like, we have, like, we call it South and North Korea. But, like, you know, country names are so, like, weird in that, like, Germany, if you're German, you don't call it Germany, they call it Deutschland, right? It's, yeah. like, it's like, a completely different word. Yeah. So, like, I wonder if they have a different, like, entire country name for South and North Korea. Yeah. And that's just our, like, American what we call it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you'd think if we were doing a podcast on this, we would have done some basic research. No, I mean, no, no. not at all. I mean, it might come up in the research, but yeah, we don't know. But look, yeah. we don't know anything. We're yeah. not pretending to. Mm-mm. And this is a country where, I mean, I know Korean people. That's more than I can say about the vast majority of these countries. Absolutely. You're the only Egyptian person I know. And you're barely that. Yeah. You're, at best, Egyptian-American-American. I mean, you're the only Washington Nationals fan I know. <laughs> but I know lots of Washington Nationals yeah, So there you go. I mean, yeah, I mean, I know lots of Egyptian-Americans. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> we just saw a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Uh, we had some great Egypt stories. Save it for the Egypt yeah, podcast. That's going to be, be a, so good. That's going to be a great podcast. Okay. Anyways, uh, with that, all that out of the way, Joe, you're on a hot streak. Let's see if Korea's on a hot streak when it comes to their performance in the World Cup show. And as you might guess, based on this unbelievable segue, they are. South Korea has qualified for the World Cup nine consecutive times. Oh, wow. Which is really, really cool. And now, Joe, they've qualified for the World Cup nine consecutive times. You'd say they're going to make it out of the group stage, you know, four or five times. You'd be dead wrong. They've only made it out of the group stage twice. But... Included in one of those times they made it out of the group stage in 2002, they finished fourth in the World Cup. Now, 2002 World Cup, you might remember, where was that hosted? It was jointly hosted in South Korea and Japan. And Joe, let's just take you through their path in this World Cup. South Korea, if you, may, if you might remember, was in the same group with the United States in this World Cup. The United States and South Korea came out of the group, and I believe South Korea gave us a big assist, beating Portugal in that third match, which allowed the United States to get through. So we're already friends with South Korea. So they they win the group. They go to the round of 16. Plucky South Korea, who do they face? 
Italy, World Cup. How much World Cup experience? Yeah. How much? I mean, they beat Italy. Huge underdogs, I'm sure. Two to one. Boom. Italy, get out. Go to the quarterfinals. Who do they face? Well, another World Cup team maybe you've heard of before. Spain. Nil-nil goes all the way to penalty kicks. How clutch are the South Koreans? Five penalty kicks made. The Spanish only make three. South Korea beats Spain. Knocks Spain out of the World Cup. They get all the way to the semifinals. They run into a team, another important World Cup team, Germany, Deutschland, as as you were remarking earlier. Unfortunately, that that's too much. That was too much to ask. Too much. Yeah. But they only lost one nil. Not what a run. Not what a an incredible run. Showing. Yeah, in the I mean, the steam out of their sails. They lost the uh, the fourth place match. But Joe, as we're going through this, keep in mind. Remember this. South Korea, very good at home. Mm-hmm. Very good at home. Mm-hmm. Not very good on the road. We're going to see that in their World Cup history. And you know what, Joe? Let's just jump right into it. The road to qualification. So, South Korea is in the Asian Football Confederation, the AFC. And they're in the AFC South because they're in the southern region. I mean, it might be the AFC East. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they're with the Patriots and the New York Jets, not not with your beloved, well, your former beloved Chargers. That's a whole separate conference in your new beloved Panthers. Anyways, so they first, the, the way it works, we've already gone over this for Australia, who's also in the AFC. Basically, you get put in the, they take all the, the countries, put them into a bunch of different groups. The winners of that groups and sometimes the second place team, they advance to like the finals. So... Let's look at the, the first part of it. South Korea, who's ranked third in the AFC, which is no surprise for a team that's qualified for eight of the consecutive yeah. of the last World Cups. They, well, I mean, I'm, I'm actually not sure who's who two and one are, but yeah. yeah. They're both in the World Cup, and we'll get to their episodes later. Um, well, one of their episodes is unfortunately going to be a speed episode, but, which would be Iran, who is, is the first ranked in the AFC, who also qualified, of course. Anyways, they get put in their initial group with Lebanon, Kuwait, Myanmar, and Laos. And Joe, they went 8-0 in this group with a goal differential of plus 27. Now, all right, goal differential of plus 27. That's good, but, you know, what? maybe it could be plus whatever, 40 or whatever. Joe? In eight games, it's pretty, it's pretty solid. That's 27 goals for, zero goals against. Oh, my God. They did, not, they did not concede a goal. They did not concede a goal. Now, it's worth noting, one of those games against Kuwait was a forfeit, which, as we've learned, is a 3-0. Three three because apparently Kuwait... What happened to Kuwait? They didn't show up? They, they violated... FIFA said they had to change their rules for okay. some reason. They didn't change them. They were eliminated. But they had played five games in the qualifying... But then they didn't change the rule, and then FIFA was like, all right, you're disqualified from the rest of qualifying. Oh my god, those first five teams must have been like, what the fuck? Well, we know South Korea was one of those first. And one, they might have won by more. I mean, yeah. you were talking before about the strategic forfeit. Absolutely. Kuwait it might have been a good forfeit for them. Yeah. So, okay, but that's that just gets them. The AFC has tons and tons of teams. I'm sure I talked about the number of teams in the Australia episode. But then they get into the, the real meat of it, the second group. So we get to the, the remaining 12 teams. They get split into two groups. Now, they play all of each other. It, it's much like our hex system, 
or a double hex, if as it were. And the way it works is first and second automatically qualify. And in the two various hexes, the third place teams play each other in a playoff. And then the winner of that advances to the Intercontinental Playoff. Which is what we heard about with Australia when exactly. they were traveling around the world. So we yeah. already know that Australia finished third place. Yeah. Australia won the uh, AFC Playoff against the third place team AFC in this group. AFC Championship game, sure. Yeah. <laughs> they won the AFC. Well, it's more the like... AFC, like... The, like the AFC consolation fifth bracket. Place, yeah, the AFC yeah. fifth place game. And then they uh, played Honduras and they won. So our team... South Korea, they are put in the group with Iran, Syria, Uzbekistan, the People's Republic of China, and Qatar. Are we saying Qatar? What do we want to say? I think on this podcast, it's Qatar. Okay, it's Qatar. We have to make a decision go with it. We're worldly. Okay. Now, remember what I was saying before about this team's performance. Now, Joe, at home, South Korea had four wins and one draw, beating China... Qatar, Uzbekistan, and Syria, and with a draw with Iran, who, by the way, was the number one seed in the AFC, the uh, New England Patriots, as it were. I mean, you're making me feel like we need to give Iran a full episode. Now I feel bad. You're good. I mean, we'll we'll discuss this on the Reddit page. We'll figure out the five that we're doing on the Reddit page. But Joe, let's look at their away record. Okay. No wins, two draws, three losses. Yikes. Draw with Syria... Lost to Iran, lost to China, lost to Qatar. Just cannot perform on the road, wow. and which leads to their last game, their 10th game, which if you were paying attention to what I said, you already know what happened. But they're playing Uzbekistan in Uzbekistan. And the way this, this is just a mismatch. So Iran is actually far ahead. And I think Iran had already qualified by this point. But they're playing Uzbekistan. If they lose to Uzbekistan... Uzbekistan passes them. Uzbekistan gets the automatic qualifying spot. And they also, based on what could happen in the other games, could even miss out on the third place spot. So they could be completely out. Even the game that's going on at the same time, Syria, if Syria won their game, which I think was playing against Iran, who had nothing to play for, I think Syria could have passed them. But fortunately for them, Iran and Syria draw which actually was very heroic for Syria because they scored in stoppage time and actually got Syria into the third place game. Syria was somewhat of a people's favorite due to the fact that Syria's... In a bit of a shit show yeah, right now. Yeah, going civil war. Um, but they, they finished with a nil-nil draw, which again, based on how they perform on the road, is like a victory for South Korea. They barely advance. Their goal differential is plus one. They uh, beat out Syria by two points. They beat out Uzbekistan by two points. Um, but easily, they could have easily not qualified with this draw. It wasn't necessarily a great performance. Again, this is a team that's just like within the confines of South Korea. They're amazing. Yeah, yeah. Once you take them out of the confines of South Korea, they're not very good. Which, I mean, it should be noted, they are not hosting the World Cup this year. So, like, that's going to be a problem. Well... It could change. I mean, we don't know what scandals could emerge. Because I think if a big scandal does emerge, they just say, all right, we know they just hosted the Olympics. They did a great job. Let's just... They have the stadium. They've got the stadium. Just put them down there. How long does it take to put a soccer field there? Yeah. But... It actually, I mean, you're joking, but like, if something were to happen, it is probably the most ready... Like, it must be the most ready country right now. They just have the infrastructure for a huge number of people. They're ready. And we know. Look, Seoul is huge. 
Wait, if you had to say who can like do it on like three months notice, it would be Korea right now. Yeah. They're in. Not North Korea, though. No. They would not be ready. Yeah, they would not be ready. Well, we don't know what... Anyway. <laughs> I mean, if you listen to their internal propaganda, they are hosting this year. <laughs> and they're in it. Yeah, they're, they're in the, it. They're the favorites. They've already been declared the winner. <laughs> yeah. So their group is with none other than the team that knocked them out in 2002 Germany. And then, dare I say, two other teams that are pretty fairly competitive, Mexico and Sweden, and then South Korea. That's a tough group for South Korea. It's an absolutely tough tough group, and uh, this group, Group F, has been called by some, if not everybody, the group of death. It is. I mean, when you lay it out like that. And South Korea, being not in South Korea, it does seem like the odds makers have sort of figured out the location of this year's World Cup and that it is not in South Korea because their odds of making it out of the group, the betting markets put at 30%. 538 puts it at uh, a little less at 25%, but, uh, you know, around that, their odds of making it to the quarterfinals, uh, 8%. Their odds of making it to the semifinals, 1.5%. Their odds of making it to the final, around a half of percent. And their odds of winning the World Cup a little north of 0.2%, which puts their betting odds, if you want to wager $1 or one, I don't know what the Korean currency is, <laughs> but if you were to wager one of those on Korea, it would pay back 400 to 1. So, of the 32 teams of the World Cup, South Korea has the 29th best odds. So, this is a team that has... Bin, this is a team that has reached the semifinals, which is crazy Yeah, compared to somebody like the United States, which has never reached so far. But um, the the odds makers, it seems, might be on to them, might be on to when they play them. Yeah, odds. I mean, it it is – it's crazy, actually. I mean, look, I mean, I don't – the odds makers know what they're doing. But it's crazy to me that a team that has clearly made it further in the World Cup than any Asian team, and probably by like a good margin, too – and that has qualified so often. So they're like a consistent World Cup team. But they had like a sort of shaky qualification. That that, that would bump them down so far. But, it, you know, it's probably fair if, they're, if, if they can't play well on the road. Like, the whole World Cup for every team other than Russia is on the road. Yeah. I mean, outside of... And again, just to add to it, Joe, they're in the group of death. Like, in order to qualify through this group... I know. It's so it's, brutal. Obviously, Germany just write them through. Germany right. is Germany is not losing in the group. They have to beat not only it's not just beat Mexico or beat Sweden. I mean, those teams might beat each other. I mean, they might have to beat both of them. I mean, it's it's. And what's the um, what's the order of the games? So South Korea starts. This actually might be good for them. So South Korea's first game is against Sweden. Then they play Mexico. It's good or bad, because if you lose to Sweden, it's like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then Germany's the third game. Now, Germany, depending on what has happened, might have already Germany qualified. was our third game last time, and that was a huge benefit for us, because that Germany was. did not care. That was good. But you can also imagine Germany is going to want to beat South Korea. Like, I don't think Germany, like, Germany is so good. Well, yeah, and and also the World Cup is so short, it's not like you, like, like take a game off. But, yeah. There is just like, there's always an interesting dynamic when when one team's playing for survival and the other team is playing, already having 
won the group. You you certainly you don't want to play Germany first or second. Right. Like you're right. This is the best time to play Germany, but <laughs> you gotta play Sweden and you gotta play Mexico. And look, home and away, what what have you about Asia's very big. So I understand some of these away games. I mean, look, if you're traveling to Iran from South Korea, that's quite a journey. Right. And you know, maybe they do so well at home because of the opposite reason. Because when you're traveling to one of these countries right. that's so far away, it really sucks to play an away game. No, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, this is like a... It makes me think about... Um, I read this article about Germany in the last World Cup in Brazil. That like the German... Um, that like a lot of these teams were like staying in like hotels or staying in like sort of like... like you know, like shittier, like dormitories that had like, you know, like, like maybe college campuses that they, they have the dorm and they have their training ground right next to it. But the German national team built their own complex in Brazil. Oh my goodness. They like bought a plot of land. They built this multi, multi-million dollar <laughs> complex. It was like beautiful, had like masseuses, had like, like, like restaurants and had like amazing training grounds. And they went there way earlier than any other team. And they like, and it was a place that like the players wanted to be. I think like their families were there, and like, yeah. so it was like they really made this comfortable sort of home location for them. And you know, you wonder how much of an advantage that was. And if you're the South Korean, you know, football federation or whatever, like you have to be thinking about okay, what can we do to simulate the home environment? Because at least the one thing is everyone's away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, like, it's not like you're playing a home team, which is a huge advantage for the home team. Although, one thing I would say, unfortunate for them, if you look at this, like South Korea, you'd say, boy, South Korea and Russia, very, very close. But Sweden and Germany are, are closer. Even closer. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, How unlucky. God damn it. Right. So, Mexico is actually, that's, it's quite, right. Right. They, they win on that, depending yeah. on, again, I mean, Russia is so big. Depending on where the games actually are in Russia, maybe. South Korea could be a little closer, but I, I assume the games are going to be weighted where the population centers are, which are towards the western right. side of Russia. I mean, maybe that's why the betting odds are so... I mean, this, I think, is just a really unlucky, unlucky draw for South Korea. It is. It's a very tough draw. Um, and, I mean, it's a tough position to be going into it. Um, but I do like that they had at least a, a very good early qualification in that first stage. So it was against some like scrub teams. Um, and I like the fact that like, look, if you're looking for an Asian team to root for, and I do want to think about like getting my like final 16 to have some representation. Cause I want to be able to keep thinking about these different federations. I don't want it to all be Europe or all be South America or whatever. Like the team that has qualified a bunch before and made it really far in the world cup. Like that has to be meaningful for something. Yes. So, I think they're a little too bad, a little too much risk that I will be a South Korea fan, be watching that first game, and they're going to lose three nothing. I'll be like, well, that was a fun, yeah, that was a fun World Cup, you know. Um, but I don't think it's quite as bad as the odds make it out to be. And at least it's a really fun group. Like that's a great group to be in. It's a great group. I think it's this a is fucking tough a, group, but it's a great group. It's it's better for everybody but South Korea. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to say four out of ten. Four out of ten. All right, Joe, my favorite part of doing the podcast in person, we got the deck of cards in front of us because I know when you don't, when I'm not here, I know you don't put the deck of cards out. You simulate No, I use a, a, a random.org. As a That's not fully random, simulator. Joe. All right, Joe, pick your poison. There is a wild card in there. 
Let's get into this, baby. Joe. Category three, Dan. Your favorite, Joe. Yes. Food and couponing. Fan favorite. Fan favorite. Everybody loves this. What does fan emeritus Emily have to say? She says, coupon is pronounced coupon in Korean. Love it. You know, coupon might be like the most similar word across all languages. Coupon and senate. (laughs) Well, but senate might be some other word, but like coupon is always coupon. It is. It is. And is it not coupon like, is coupon just the best word in the language of of any language? Coupon. It, it, It has good assonance. It like it means a very specific thing. Yeah. Though it it doesn't always mean a specific thing because me and my aunt Maggie was very yeah. <laughs> confused about the term coupon when we asked her if well, they use coupon in Egypt. But we'll Egypt, save that. Egypt we'll episode. Save it. We'll save it. We, we've got some good primary sources on yeah. Egypt like sixty years ago. But the universality of the term coupon, it does is it helps to know you can go to any country in the world and when they give you the price of it, you could say coupon and yeah. they're gonna know like, oh you're coupon? asking for a discount, right? Yeah. I say no. We don't coupon in this country. <laughs> Leave. <laughs> Groupon is a stakeholder in a differently named coupon company in the country. Coupons are popular, being only slightly less used than they are in the U.S. Wow. South Korean food revolves around the main components of rice, vegetables, and meat. Kimchi is provided at most meals, which is salted and fermented vegetables that is both spicy and sour. Joe, what are your feelings about kimchi? Love kimchi. Yeah. Huge kimchi fan. I, me too. I love kimchi. Yeah. You know, some people just can't. Like Megan, you put kimchi in front of her, she's just like, get that away from That's me. That's nuts. Yeah, kimchi's she's, great. She's like, I don't even like the smell of it. Oh, it's like, what the is smells wrong the best with part. You? I know. It's so good. Bibimbap is a rice bowl with meats and vegetables. Yeah, I've had that. That's great. Joe, I've had bibimbap a thousand times. Yeah. I, there used to be a Korean place near where I live, or just go there and get the bibimbap. And bibimbap is best if you like get it at the place because like the the bowl is hot and then the stuff is in it but i always just got it to go yeah which it's sort of a waste but it's so good tiok baki is a cylinder shaped white rice cake in sweet red chili sauce galbi short ribs and bulgogi marinated thin slices of beef on rice are popular Ugh, love korean barbecue korean barbecue is so good <laughs> You're set to eat if you're on the go, as you can eat dakachai, spicy chicken, fried rice cakes with fish, or a variety of other items on skewers at pojan matcha street carts throughout towns and cities. I mean, you know I love meat on a stick. And meat on a stick that you can get out in the street is my favorite like genre of meat on a stick. What more do you what, what more? Pretty great. <laughs> Come Pretty on. Great. I mean, w- one thing that's interesting about Emily's research is... The Korean food that she's mentioning is Korean food that you get at Korean restaurants in the U.S., which is, like, nice because it's obviously different than, like, other, you know, like, Italian food isn't what we think of as, Itali- as like, U.S. Italian food or Chinese food isn't what U.S. Chinese food is. But, like, if I go to a Korean restaurant in the U.S., it's going to be these things on the menu. Well, I disagree with the first part of that statement. I think Italian food that you get in the U.S. is very similar to what you get in Italy. Uh, but not, not, not entirely. I... Well, whatever. Like, I agree U.S. With the pizza part. is very different than Italian pizza. Well, I could dispute that. <laughs> I don't okay, know. okay. Domino's pizza in the United States is very different than pizza. Yeah, right. This is what you are. Agreed. <laughs> I don't want to get into this. All right. 
What was your point by that statement? So you're saying you you think the Korean are are you're are you questioning are the no Korean- no no I'm saying it is nice that like that like I, I'm sure a native Korean would disagree with this that like are, that, that the American Korean food is authentic, but it seems like it is at least more authentic than other international cuisines. Hmm. Well, I have gone to Korean barbecue with Super Fan Tony many many times. Yeah. Now, at the time, he was not married to a Korean woman. So I don't know. But How his authenticity standard has I don't changed. know. If I went with him right now, he could tell me. Because right. he was, we know, he was at the South Korea for the Olympics. But I would assume it's got to be pretty authentic. I mean, yeah. those restaurants are all run by Korean people. Well, yeah, but like Chinese food restaurants are all run by Chinese people, but they're not authentic at all. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> all right. It's a good point. So, but... This, re- this category really isn't about the authenticity of American version of this food. Though, just a side note. All that food sounds great. I've had a lot of it. It is great. And the couponing stuff hits it out of the park. This is like a eight and a half out of ten. What can you say? I mean, I'd say it should be higher than that. Yeah. I mean. If it were me. It could be. This is my ten out of ten. This is your. This is the gold standard. Gold standard, and yeah. and I I know of another country, country that we're going to do later that's not getting a lightning episode that I think is going to be your ten out of ten, probably. But Joe, eight and a half, eight and a half. That they they're off to a bad start on too good, too bad. But they're huge recovery on the food. Absolutely. Let's see what's next. What what's, what what is Jack? What does that mean? Jack means eleven, Joe, and eleven is of course. The person who is wedded to a Korean. This is going to be as legitimate as it gets. The national anthem category. It better be Tony singing the national anthem. It, it actually is. This is Tony singing the national Perfect. anthem. It, it, from memory. <laughs> he says the origin story. In the 1890s, the previously established Jojian dynasty began to contact other countries for the first time, including the United States, the United Kingdom, and Russia. The meeting with foreign countries gave rise to patriotism, which then created several agukas. The current aguka was adopted in 1948, the year the country was founded. Its music was composed in the 1930s, and its lyrics date back to the 1890s. The lyrics, they're about the natural beauty. Until that day when Mount... Baekdu is worn away and the East Sea's waters run dry. May God preserve our country, our long-living homeland. Hibiscus and 3,000 leaf full of splendid mountains and rivers. Great Koreans to the great Korean way. Stay always true. Fun facts. Before the founding of post-war Korea, the transition government sent the lyrics of Egukka to the music of Ald Long Sign before a unique melody was composed specifically for it. So New Year's in the U.S. must be hugely confusing. By the time you record this, I will probably be hearing the Eguka at the Winter Olympics. Yeah, that happened way in the past. because wow, we, we really sent this in early. Well, we pushed this episode oh, back right, because right, right, of right, the, right. Uh, the soju. Right. Here we go, Joe. Let's lay it on me.
mean, that, that was a little somber. It felt a little bit... Um, it, it certainly wasn't jaunty. Not jaunty, no. It wasn't really operatic either. A little bit like... You know, you, you, you definitely, like, heard the orchestra. You, you, like, heard, like, you know... It has a nice, like, rhythm to it. I kind of got, like... By the end of it, I could, like, hear, like, the chorus melody. But, it you know, it's a little bit of, like, a, like a downer. Not super exciting. I would say that um, I, I, I saw this at the Olympics because I watched the opening ceremony and, and they're they're showing all the, the South Korean flag and they're doing the national anthem and they did a beautiful rendition. But that rendition was like a minute or something. Yeah. And I think like the full U.S. national anthem is like, and you know, this is like an over under at the like Super Bowl. Right. It's like right. what, a, a minute and 20 seconds or something? Right. Or, right. Uh, this this to me felt like you know it's three and a half minutes. They they did definitely did not do this at the Olympics. Like right, they definitely right, picked right, out right 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 right. This yeah. feels like one of those where you 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 can pick out forty five seconds. You're getting the gist of it. Yeah no I mean it, it the melody definitely repeated a few times, but also like you know you and I aren't necessarily opposed to long anthems. No, absolutely not. Right. This was long, but not necessarily like using that time well. I mean, like we were both here looking at each other. We're both like looking at our phones. Like yeah, this, like, is, this like, is not. You've heard one verse. You've heard it all. Not the gold standard. No. I'm gonna say three out of ten. Yeah, it's harsh but fair. It, it's not a great anthem, and it, it was well performed. I would say at the Olympics and whatever. Even this was. I mean, you could tell. Like, I mean, that like it is sung well. Like, you know, the the musical accompaniment is good. It's just not not. This yeah, is just quite. one of those anthems that the abridged version is better than the actual version. Yes. And a great anthem would not be the case. Yes. And, you know, I will say one thing that is like a trend. Some of the best anthems are are like things that were created for something else. Like either like it was an opera and then we made it our anthem. Or like this was just a song that was like about national pride and then it became the, the anthem. Or like yeah. this was like... I think it's hard to go into it and say, like, we are writing an anthem. Yeah. It's, it's always tough. I mean, but boy, I mean, once you've tasted those South American ones, and, and especially with the French one last week, it, it, it's, tough, it's tough to follow France. But look, I mean, that's why, the, that's why we're writing it. There are high bars, and, right? And even and with like, Tony, and, and Tony did uh, text me to chide me, and he's right. I played the wrong France anthem. You gave the bad France anthem nine and a half. It was, it, imagine the ten. The good one he sent me. I listened to it today. It's yeah. much, yeah. much better. You yeah. gave the bad one nine and a half. So how can you follow that? Category four. Well, this is going to be this. This is going to help South Korea, Joe. This is um, the top player to watch. And, and normally in this, I would I would send you the YouTube link. I'm so excited to talk about this. I would send you the YouTube link. I would I, I would want you to see the highlights of this player. But David, well. Did he just send one word? He, he did not send. No. D- David, you'll, D- David's opinion is going to become very clear. But yes, Joe, that player, the player to watch on Korea is Hyun Ming's son. Oh, my God. He plays for the Tottenham Hotspur. Yes, he does. He's 25 years old. Here is what David has to say about it. He's a winger, a striker. He's already the star of the team. Unfortunately, Korea lacks 
younger, exciting players. In addition, he plays for Tottenham. So, here you go, Joe. Finally, a player you should know well. Dynamic, fast, good finishing with both feet. It still hurts to remember his great performance against Dortmund in the Champions League. In my opinion, clearly underrated by the press. Yes. Scored 20 goals in 61 appearances for South Korea. He would be much more fun to watch in the World Cup if Korea had other good players to take some pressure off his shoulders. And your beloved FIFA 18, he comes in at a... I'm actually a little disappointed to say this, especially based on some of the other players to watch. An 83, but only with an 86 potential. We've had multiple players with over 90 potential just in the past few episodes. Though I will say, FIFA sends out updates. I feel like they've they've increased his rating throughout the year. I mean, David did this research a month ago. Yeah. You should play FIFA against David. He's probably good at it. I would like, yeah, he's probably, yeah. That yeah. means I shouldn't play FIFA against David. <laughs> well, he would crush me. <laughs> you switch the teams at halftime. But anyways, David rates, uh, oof, this is, this is going to be a low blow. This is a chop block. A six. I don't, D- David, I don't care what you say. <laughs> Let me talk about Son for a minute. Did I, pr- I pronounce it adequately? Perfectly. Hyung Min Son? Dan. Amazing. Uh, one thing that David said that is so true is how underrated Son is. And he's just now kind of getting the recognition that that he deserves. And I do feel like there is, but not, I, this is like, I'm saying this like it's a huge statement. There's so much racism in like, like if he were a white English player, he would be so popular. I mean, his style of play, his personality on the pitch, his like, just finishing ability. And like, he has just like, he has, I mean, you know, I love Harry Kane. I love Erickson. I love Dalielli. There's nothing more exciting than watching Son move the, like he is, he has like the sort of messy like ability to like, just do incredible things with his footwork and his movement. Like it's so much fun to watch, but the best thing about Son, and I, I, I do want to, even if we edit this out, I want you to watch something. Joe's standing up. Joe's, Joe's, well, Joe's agitated. Go to Bing. Go to Bing. Okay. I want you to Bing this. And we'll post this on the Reddit page. Yeah, we're live, Joe. What, what am I binging? Search. Son or... Type in the whole name. Yes. Handshake. With Deli Ali? We'll post this one. He has a unique handshake with every player on the team that he makes up with them. Wow. And understand, this is someone who is like not like a like perfect English speaker. Every single player on the team, he has a unique handshake with that is as elaborate as that. Yeah. Now, now, now here, this is interesting. This is interesting. So you you say this as like a very, you know, interesting, unique thing. In baseball... This is very common. You see a player who like hits a home run and he'll go back and they'll have a different home run like thing with all the different handshake because they're just so bored half the time. They do it. So baseball, incredibly popular in Korea as it is in Japan. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if that's some sort of baseball culture. Well, I think like the, the impression that you get from like, you know, following Tottenham's like Instagram and like, they're just like, there's like the players and like who they are like, kind of like 
ribbing, you know, like on like, you know, Twitter or whatever that he is very much a like cohesive locker room glue. Yeah. From the, like he is like, he's the one who's kind of friends with everyone. He's in on every joke. And like, he's just like, has this personality. He like always has like a huge smile. He's always doing these handshakes. He's always like, even the players, like he has these like relationships with players that used to play with us that have left. We're like, you can tell that like they just like love each other still, even though they play. On I mean, he's he still your super sub. Oh no, he's not a. I mean, he's he's definitely. But a, I, I've seen many games where he was just like a super sub. It was like we're putting Son in like the sixty. It's minute. rare. Maybe that was more last year. It's rare with Lamella out. I think he pretty much is in the starting eleven. I mean, now like, he's now. had an yeah. unbelievable year, especially yeah. in the Champions League. Yeah, but you think about like okay, player to watch, and this is this is what his season is like. Heading into the World Cup, where he is carrying this team on his shoulders, I mean, what a player to watch! I agree with David that it's a shame that he it may be the only good player on the team, but I feel like that score was already baked into the too good, too bad. This is about him, the player to watch. Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. I love. I love it. Now, Joe, France got a ten out of ten in this category because their captain was also your captain. Now, South Korea, whose only star player also happens to be a Tottenham star, nine out of ten. I'm noticing a trend here. Category seven. The wild. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Category seven, Joe. Let's get it out of the way early. Atrocities. From Superfan Josh PhD. And and in the last episode, I actually was a little reticent to talk about his book because I wasn't sure if this is some, like, unpublished material. But now, for all of our podcast listeners, his book is going to be called Red Meat Republic. I'm so excited for this book. It is... A, we all should buy it because if you're listening to this podcast and you want to learn about, like, other countries, most of the people listening to this podcast probably live in America. This is going to talk about how the meat processing industry shaped America from the history, from dealing with the American Indians all the way to the modern day. And it is incredible. I've read the academic version of it, which, to be perfectly honest, was way too dense for me. But Josh has told me that he's made it this book is for the general public now i have an offer for jo- i mean i don't know maybe maybe there's someone else on the table but i think you and i should at least volunteer our services to be the audiobook readers of his book <laughs> <laughs> i would do it for free would you do it for free for of, josh of course i do it for free. yeah okay for me it's not even josh, a question i would do it for free but your time is much more valuable than mine, Dan, so I want to make sure that you do it for free. Joe, if it's anything like this podcast, I'll pay him to do it. I'll yeah. pay him hundreds of dollars. So he may already have some celebrity audiobook reader lined up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he told me that Morgan Freeman was calling him and said, I want to do the book. All I'm saying... I want to do Red Meat Republic. Is if Morgan Freeman drops out, if James Earl Jones doesn't want to do it... Is James Earl Jones still alive? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. But Good for him. Even if he's not, though, he, he he's done so many voiceover things. You could couple it together. <laughs> you just you just you just enter. You just copy paste the book. Oh, wait, how many American Indian words is that? Because it's going to come up a lot. Yeah, all of them. All of them. <laughs> but, but his his work is so comprehensive. Go the <laughs> um, we'll do it for free. I mean, as long as Josh is okay with us going on some tangents and getting progressively drunker as the book goes on. It's it's what he'd want. <laughs> All right, it's a lock. When it's in the New York Times bestseller, that actually, we could take, instead of us promoting his book on our podcast, our, 
we could promote our podcast yeah, I mean, on we'll his drop audio it a few book. times. Absolutely, we could just cling to him for his success, writing his meat coattails. <laughs> yes, yeah. he's going to be on the New York Times bestseller list. Hundred percent. When the book comes out, I'm buying ten thousand copies. One for every super fan, <laughs> and then and then some extras. A hundred for every super fan. <laughs> All right, let's get into what Josh, PhD, has to say. Thank you so much. South Korea has a fascinating history, including an incredible leap from a relatively impoverished country in 1952, an economic powerhouse it is today. Part of the way it did so was with an authoritarian regime and massive conglomerates known as Shebal that amounted to government-slash-business partnerships. Samsung, for instance, started as a company that refined sugar and moved into electronics and a variety of other products with state support. The military-backed regimes of the 1960s and 1970s drove these changes, but also repressed political opponents and used shady tactics to maintain power. This is not too surprising, however, since South Korea has essentially remained on a war footing since the end of hostilities in the Korean War. The political situation improved in the 1980s. Despite this history and ongoing problems of high-level political corruption, Korea has been relatively well-behaved as a country and had suffered terribly at the hands of occupying powers such as Japan in World War II and the Cold War era remodeling. And Josh puts their atrocity level at cracked black pepper. Yeah, this seems like very low atrocity level, especially like you think about countries as they modernize and industrialize and develop, like... So many worse atrocities in the U.S. alone, like like than just political corruption and you know corporate intrigue. Like I mean, this just seems like um, if any amount of corruption and some atrocity level is like par for the course with with a country's sort of natural development, like this seems minor. And like I mean, just what Josh mentions, it's so incredible. You think about how recently they were not a country that was producing anything you know globally that like just in this basement that we're sitting alone there's probably 30 products that well, came from your, korea right your wife's car is i mean it's it's a, the car i mean the chips in this in this computer i mean everything right oh I mean, yeah all the rant every like the flash memory and yeah. every phone I think comes from korea lg my tv is is, is korean right isn't lg korean maybe I mean, it's, if it's not yeah. i guarantee you the screen was made in korea the electronics were yeah. made in korea Anyway, it's incredible. And to do it with, you know, relatively low level of atrocity is also incredible. And like, I think that like needs to be graded on a curve, right? So I think eight out of 10. Eight out of 10. Good wow. for them. Wow. I mean, that's, it might be a little too high, but, but you know, Joe, for you, the ends justify the means. <laughs> you know, that's true. Okay. Wait, Joe, let's just, that quote could be used against you in yeah. future political campaigns. I do not endorse. That was made in a satirical way. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Now, I, I think it, though. You you absolutely think it. Then yeah. justify the means, yep. baby. Mm-hmm. Six, Category Joe, six. Your favorite. Keeping it light. All the heavy categories are gone, Joe. Let's get into Superfan Yannick territory. God bless Superfan Yannick. Fan Emeritus Yannick. Fan Emeritus Yannick. Whose team, Germany, made the cut, Joe. You weren't gonna you weren't gonna do Germany in the Lightning episode. I'm 
I'm very happy for Yana because I, I think it was a little nervous when you said you were going to run through some teams. Yeah. Well, especially, I did think about the fact we're putting the teams in a lightning round that are too bad. Do we want to put some of the two good teams in a lightning round? Well, you don't know what the odds are for Germany, Joe. I thought about a little Spain and Germany in the in, uh, lightning round, but it's okay. We'll oh, do full well, episodes for well, you can't put any country I've been to in the lightning round. That's out. Okay. Fan culture from Superfan Yannick, thank, fan emeritus. He says the nickname of South Korea, the Red Devils. Oh, I love it. Though, <laughs> a little bit too Liverpool for me, but okay. <laughs> What's Liverpool? I think they're the Red Devils. <laughs> they're also the Red Devils. I think so. <laughs> I think if you're red. You're the Red Devil? I think so. He says, Koreans are happy people who always cheer for their team no matter how bad they play. Most Koreans take part in celebrations. When they watch at home, they eat shimek, a menu consisting of chicken and beer and can be ordered to your home in most Korean cities. Joe, hold on a second. Pause the phone before I get into this. Maybe the reason they're so good at home is that Korean fans, they know the Korean fans will always cheer for them no matter how they do. Totally. And then it's like when they're Pressure's on the road, off. yeah, it's like we do well, we do badly, we're going to get cheered. And on the road, they're getting booed, they're getting, they don't have the fan support, they just collapse. Quick uh, quick fact check. Uh, Manchester United are the Red Devils, including the fact that their crest has a Red Devil on it. So <laughs> should, should Even have, worse, Wayne Rooney, noted not, Red Devil. Not Wayne Rooney anymore. I know, in the past. He's an Everton. Who's a more famous Man U player than Wayne Rooney? Uh, your, 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 your twin, Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo hasn't played for Man U in like ten years. But he is the most famous Man U player of all time. Wayne Rooney is by far. That's the fucking poll question. He's an Evertonian. That's the poll question. Wayne Rooney is by far the most famous Man U player. All right. Anyways, they're rivals, Joe. Why not? Japan, a historic rival. If we compare this to like the CAF, the Confederation of African Football, there is massive parity. Like, right, the teams change year after year. Every even the powerhouses. When you look at the AFC, though, the top team. I mean, look, South Korea is qualified for what now nine in a row and. I think their rival, Japan, is going to have a very similar qualification history. The top teams... The great teams are... Are, are great. And the bad teams are bad. Yeah, but right. there are some teams that come in here and there. But but I think when we're talking... I mean, we were talking about this just yesterday. The In the CIF, five teams qualified in, in 2014. And of those, only one qualified in 2018. That's 20%. That has the most. I mean, that, that's the most. That's insane by yeah. far. Yeah, right. Like nothing. Nobody else has as parody like that. Right. And I think in in the AFC, you you see these these rivalries. These are legitimate rivalries year after year. You're always playing in the in these top leagues. In addition to obviously the historical context between right. the two countries. So Japan. I mean, I'm sure if you're in South Korea, you you're just saying whatever we do, we got to do better than Japan. AFC East is noted for its rivalries. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And the chance. Dai Han Min Guki. Dai Han Min Guki. No, no, no. Oh, that's an exclamation point. Not an I. <laughs> Min Guk. Dai Han Min Guk. 
Superfan Yannick says it basically means Korea. Uh, oh, wow. Dai Han mean gook. Dai Han mean gook. So that answers our question about what they call their own country. So it'd be South Dai Han mean gook. Yeah. And North. Or maybe. Well, they probably wouldn't say South or North. <laughs> well, no, but I'm saying maybe. Do you think South is included in there? For all we know, Dai Han means South. And mean gook means Korea. Yeah. I feel like Yannick is playing a little fast and loose with his translation here, but okay. Still, it's a great chant. And the one thing that should be noted from both the road to qualification and the history in the past, this is this is like a Seattle team, like your Seattle Sounders or your Seattle Seahawks. They have home field advantage, which is a definite Show of, of right. empirical data Absolutely. towards what how the fans support right. them. If fan cult, if if, if fan if, if if fan culture matters, it matters most at home, right? And, and just the data, there's just, Absolutely. the data here is incontrovertible. And the other thing is that you know it's a little bit of a nice comparison to the France episode last week, where like the French are almost the opposite, right? We're like, yeah, like if the team's bad, they're like, go fuck yourselves. Yeah. We don't care about you, right? Um, where, you know, Korea, they're just, they're just happy to be outside watching a ball game. I love it. Great fan culture. Let's say 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. Okay. So you said France was bad. You gave them 6.5. You yeah. said Korea was great. You gave them no, no, half no, no. a look, point look, look, No, no, no. France wasn't bad. France has that one bad aspect. And then... The one bad aspect that the fans don't care about the team. Correct. No. High, it's a high expectations. <laughs> okay. okay. The wild card, Joe. There are only two card. categories left. You have... I mean, you know you know what I'm going to pick now. Okay. It's fun. This is going to be an audio-visual part. Wow, okay. On a, on a podcast, no less. So. All right, Joe picks the biggest celebrities from Superfan. Fan Emeriti Karsten, thank you very much. Joe picked it with his eyes. He actually made the eight with his eyes, which is... The one number you actually can make with your eyes. It's the only number. I'm constantly <laughs> making that number with my eyes. The honorable mention, Joe. You always love countries that have the honorable mentions. It says a lot. Absolutely. Byung-Yong Kim, a former Major League Baseball pitcher, a closer. Yeah, I remember him. Carson says he gave up the winning home runs in back-to-back World Series games. It's not a good stat for him. It's not good, but look. You're in the World Series. You've done some good work. And Sonia Thomas, a competitive eater, only weighs 98 pounds, ate 40 hot dogs in 10 minutes. That can't be healthy. Boy, that is the your, weird thing, that's I, your wife's The weird thing is, I think 40 hot dogs weighs close to 98 pounds. Well, I mean, if you have that half pounder, that's 20 <laughs> yeah, exactly. pounds. I mean, by the time she's done with the competition, she was a lot more than that. But Joe, let's get to the bronze medalist. Actor John Cho, who was born in Seoul, South Korea in 1972. I like that guy. He went into acting after graduating from Berkeley, and he began his acting career, which includes appearances in over 35 films. His breakout role was as Harold Lee in the Harold and Kumar film series, which has collectively grossed $97 million. Although... It is the lowest grossing. Harold and Kumar go to White Castle is the most popular and notable of those films. Cho has appeared in all four American Pie films, although he has had a substantial role in only the last film, American Reunion. 
His credited title in the American Pie films is Milf Guy. And according to Wikipedia, that character is responsible he coined the term for milf. popularizing for ter- the term. Cho stepped away from his niche of raunchy humor films in 2009 when he was cast as Hikaru Sulu in the Star Trek reboot films. Yeah, totally. Wow. Yeah, that guy's great. And that's the bronze? Wow. He was Harold and Harold and Kumar? Yeah. Oh my god, I yeah. love those movies. Yeah. Wow. I mean, now I know exactly who he is. Yeah, he's a funny guy. Because the other guy... Is Kumar. Kumar is like, was we're, in the Obama... for the Obama yeah. administration. He's I know. Like, <laughs> I know. 221,000 Twitter followers. Not bad. Is he verified? Wow. I think once you once you cross 10,000, you get verified. He's verified. You don't even have to ask at that point. The silver medalist. Park Bo Gum is a silver celebrity. He starred in blockbuster hits such as Blind, A Hard Day, and Twinkle Twinkle Pitter Patter. At age 23, he was the youngest person to be named Actor of the Year by Gallup Korea. He currently has endorsements with LG, your TV, the famous TV, the, Korean TV company, the TV Five Feet from Us, Nestle, and Coca-Cola in Korea. He is a much sought-after endorsement in Korea with what the Korean Business Institute calls the Park Bo Gum Effect, as he is an effective endorser across a wide range of demographics. I love it. Park Bogum was a torchbearer in the 2018 Olympic Games. Bogum recently topped the Forbes Korea Power Celebrity list, coming in as the country's number one celebrity, Joe. And he clocks in with 1.61 million Twitter followers. I'm going to look this guy up. Oh. Oh, Yeah. I would buy a product that he endorses. Look at that. Oh, my goodness. How clean cut can you be? Let's go buy some Coke and Nestle. <laughs> you got like a little bit of like a Korean Bieber thing going. Well, speaking of Korean Bieber, Joe, let's get to the gold celebrity. What would a celebrity list from Korea be without a reference to K-pop? Yeah, Joe. Totally. This seems like a music genre, Joe. Would love. The gold celebrity... It's true. ...is the girl group TWICE. The group has nine members and was formed in 2015. Since their formation, they have six number one hits on Korea's Go On Digital charts. TWICE's popularity quickly expanded in Japan following the release of their first album. Following the release of the music video for TT, a... Pose called Tingling Tingling from that music video became a meme in Japan and Korea. They just released the album Twice to Gram featuring the single Likey, which charted at number one in Korea and the Philippines at number two in Japan. And yes, Joe, they come in, the group, at 2.14 million Twitter followers. And you know what, Joe? Let's hear what Likey is all about. I can't wait. Likey, like 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 
That was amazing. Amazing music video. Great yeah. celebrities. I, 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 Joe was watching the music video while you guys were listening to it. I also already added some twice to the uh, Joe Picks Pod Spotify playlist, which uh, as of now has zero followers. So. so I think Karsten was sort of on a roll there. I, I think that silver medalist. Might have been a little bit of a miss, but but you 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 knew who he was. You had respect, but I think this gold medalist. I mean, Joe. If there's anybody who would love K-pop, it's you. It's amazing. I feel like I'd fit in so well in South Korea. <laughs> you would. I would love it there. Uh, this is a great list of celebrities. Let's go eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. I mean, Joe. This is there. There were number one hits in multiple countries: the Philippines, I know, Korea, I, and I number know. two in Japan. I also like that Karsten didn't did not give me uh, silver and gold celebrities that are like celebrities here in America. I mean, the great part about music, Joe, is it transcends. If, if they're the number one song in three countries, and you listen to it, and you immediately add it to your Spotify, you don't need to hear yeah. anymore. It doesn't matter. It is what it is. Wait, there's only one category left. You don't have to even have to go to the bag. System of government, head of state, thanks to super... Well, I'll say it right. Thanks to fans emeritus. Fans emeriti. Fans no, no, emeriti. No. Oh, no, no. Fans emeritus. Fans... Fans... Yeah. Yeah, because it's like attorneys general. Fans emeritus. Yes. All right. I'll never get it. Anyways, Baz and Ryan, thank you so much. South Korea has developed into one of Asia's most affluent countries since partition in 1948. The Communist North has slipped into totalitarianism and poverty. The Republic was proclaimed in 1948 and received UN-backed support from the U.S. after it was invaded by the North two years later. The Korean War ended in 1953 without a peace agreement, leaving South Korea technically at war for more than 50 years. The following four decades were marked by authoritarian rule, during which government-sponsored schemes encouraged the growth of family-owned industrial conglomerates, including Hyundai and the Samsung groups. They helped transform South Korea into one of the world's major economies and a leading exporter of cars and electronic goods. Hey, Joe. We already learned all this. Boom. The U.S. has tens of thousands of soldiers in the country. The politics of the Republic of Korea take place in the framework of a presidential republic whereby the president is the head of state and there is a multi-party system that sends representatives to the National Assembly. The past few months have marked one of the most dramatic periods of political chaos and turmoil in contemporary Korean politics. Oh, interesting. Grievance, resentment, and fury all swept through the entire Korean society. The ruling and opposition parties, the left and the right, conservative and progressives, in addition to political scandals, South Korea has been debating the pros and cons in respect to a number of daunting but crucial issues, including the deployment of U.S. terminal high-altitude area defense systems, mm. the old THAAD system. The fall of a female legend, a political princess, and the very first woman president in South Korea's constitutional history has been followed by the rise of a civilian successor, Park Goon Hye daughter of longtime strongman Park Chung-hee, who was impeached over an influence-peddling scandal. New President Moon Jae-in lacks Park's political pedigree and instead has a strong background in civil society. People now expect some brighter changes to come under the new president's lead, though it is still quite unclear how positive and different any changes might be. 
and let's learn a little bit more about Moon Jae-in, who was elected May 2017. Very recent, less than a year. Why you might like him, Joe, former student activist and human rights lawyer. Okay. Elected after the impeachment of the previous president, who defeated him in the previous election. Okay. Parents were refugees from North Korea who fled in 1950, adopted a dog who was saved from a dog meat farm as a message against the dog meat trade industry, which is still legal in Korea. Mm-hmm. Why you might not like him. Opposes homosexuality, despite still believing there should be no discrimination based on sexual orientation, despite opposing same-sex marriage. Other facts. Was invited to North Korea for a summit by Kim Jong-un's sister. That could be a dangerous invitation. Yeah, wow. It's always dangerous dealing with the North Koreans. I mean, I think this is like a mixed bag, right? I mean, this is like, like, you know, obviously there are some like authoritarian strongman or strongwoman tendencies there. Um, definitely don't like the, um, the anti, um, equality sentiment. Um, but you know, Saving dogs, you know, it's, that that's that's in the pro column. It's a democracy. Yeah, I know. I was trying to see if... Uh, I mean, compared to North Korea, it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, if we're grading on that curve, sure, it's great. I was trying to see if they um, if they had an upper chamber called the Senate, but it's actually a unicameral legislature. The the old National Assembly. Yeah, the old National... That, and that's it. No upper body. You gotta have the that. upper body. Well, you know, they seem to be getting along fine without it. But man, Hyundai too, I forgot. They got a lot of big companies there. But it sounds like those companies were starting... <laughs> I mean, this is this is the interesting aspect of it. It sounds like these countries were given like state support state sponsored, to become yes. the conglomerates there. Like, is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. It's up to it's up to Joe. Well, I mean, it certainly worked for them, right? I mean, like Well, I don't, did it? Well Are you asking like did it work for the average like Korean person? Yes. yes. I mean to a degree, I would rather be an average South Korean person than an average North Korean person. That's true. That's true. Right. And yeah. like, yes. I would also be like, I would rather be an average South Korean person than like an average like Burmese person. Yes, yes, yes. So like, like to a degree, it is a like, pro- I mean, so my parents went to South Korea and they said, and they've been to like Japan and they were, you know, they went to Cambodia right afterwards. And like, they said like South Korea was like the closest they've ever felt to like being like in the future. That it was like so yeah. like clean and like the like amazing like train system and like electronic like, that it was just a very like cool place like it obviously is a place with like a lot of like prosperity now like obviously now i think as in america that prosperity has people who are left behind yeah i think i think this is actually one of the few episodes where we actually can get this really interesting first or even second party accounts of of so, so South Korea is this country which, by all accounts, is is a technological powerhouse. It has is, is, is done this transition so rapidly. Right. I mean, I think we should be just supportive of this. Like, I, I am very interested to think, like, what about this we, we might be opposed to? Like, e- even... It, are, are, are workers... Like, what what is the negative? Like, are, are workers' rights being compromised? Are... Are people being? Are, are there some portions of the South Korean 
um, population being left behind due to the technological advancement, or is it really a rising tide that's lifting all boats? And and I think we do have the the super fans out there who can weigh in on that. Yeah, and like I mean, look, like like I think you and I both agree that like unchecked capitalism is bad. And well, like, you work for a union, <laughs> right, so you right, certainly right, have to feel right. We disagree on some issues, I'm sure. Probably, but I'm. I mean, just as a very broad statement. Yes, yes. Right? Unchecked like, capitalism is obviously bad. Right. Um, but, like, nothing in this research indicates that that's what's happening here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I'm just saying based on what I've read. And right. I'd just be interested to hear for a, a country that has modernized so rapidly just, just what it is like for, for all members of society. Right. And that, and that there must be – well, not must be, but, like, like – to have such rapid growth, expansion, and like success, like there, you have to think that there's some exploitation somewhere. There's got to be. Right. I mean, like you'd be hard pressed to find historical examples where there hasn't been. Yeah. But well, it's not really apparent in the research, so I'm not going to like mark them down for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it seems like, look, they have a system of government that's working. Like I said, maybe there's some like you know, um, some tendency towards. Towards authoritarian, it did seem like, like I mean the previous president did get impeached. Yeah, what? yeah, but but even that shows a, a certain amount of like like Vladimir yeah. Putin's not getting impeached. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Netanyahu's point. not getting impeached. Well, maybe point. he is. I mean, he actually yeah. might be. But yeah. uh, um, so we'll get into the in the Iran episode, yeah. Joe. We'll uh, get into the main rivals. <laughs> no, they're not even in the same conference. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, look, let's say seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. I, I would rate it higher, but I, I feel like we do have some outstanding questions. Joe, there's only one category left. The drink. The the fresh soju. Now We polished off the soju bottle. We polished it off very quickly. We lamented the fact that the other bottle was smashed because we would have we would have loved to try two and, and I'm sure Tom's intention was for us to try two different varieties of soju. Yes, yeah. Um, well, first of all, big thank you to Tom for the drink. Shout Amazing. out to Tom. That's awesome. Amazing. Why we're not getting more bottles of booze sent to us by super fans, I'll never know. Uh, it really? If, I mean, for all the countries coming up, super fan Yannick. Yeah, that's you, right. Like, come on. I mean, I would say super fan Tom should feel our gratitude. The rest of the super fans should feel our sh- should feel some degree of shame right now. Come on. No, yeah, a lot of yeah. shame. Yeah, not a lot, like like a medium amount of shame. A medium amount of shame. Yeah, but I really enjoyed soju. I've never had it before. Really? Never. Wow. But I would certainly get it again. Yeah, I liked it quite a bit. It was very smooth. This this one was, as the bottle said, very fresh. It was because really I think fresh. I think one interesting thing about soju is it it does seem based on the research and well, I my mean, own history with it. It comes in a variety. Well, like if it's if it's if it's between seventeen percent and fifty percent, yeah, it's like a huge. Variety. You can get yeah. all. It really comes all over the all over the map. This was very good. It was really pleasant to drink it. I mean, we didn't even blink and finish it within twenty minutes. We polished it. It was delicious. Yeah. And then moved on to whiskey. Yeah, nine out of ten. Wow, extra point for like opening me up to a new alcohol I can drink now. And thank you, Tom. Tom. The soju you sent and the nine out of ten, 
are going to account for a total score of 63.5, which leads to an average score of 7.06 outside of too good, too bad, because South Korea has no chance in the World Cup. No (laughs) chance whatsoever, literally. And you did not like the national anthem. Didn't care for it. Everything else was great. Yep. Now, that's fair. This is going to be a really interesting test because Joe, this is the first team that has been both have no chance of succeeding in the World Cup but was so good in the other categories. It could have a ch- I mean, you you have never said no to a team in the 7s. In fact, any team that's been over 6.5 has been an automatic yes. And South Korea is 7.06. But South Korea has no chance in the World Cup. They're 400 to 1. <laughs> they, they're, they're, their odds of, of making it out of the group are similar to other teams' odds of making it to the semifinals. <laughs> yeah, no, look, I think we have to move South Korea on. I'm excited to keep talking about them. I think that um, they may make it further in our competition than they do in the actual World Cup. Well, by, by, by passing them through, they certainly will. <laughs> but um, look, I mean, I mean, the too good, too bad is just one category. And even if it means that I, I'm i picking a World Cup team that I only get to root for for three games. You just get to root for If it's the right team, son, if just, it's where my heart is, yeah. then so be it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Look, I can't argue with it. It's it's Joe picks and and Joe picks South Korea. South all Korea's these teams, all these teams where their stars are Tottenham players seem to be. Uh, Look, it's a huge advantage. It's a, <laughs> I, I can't wait till they're I, when I I'm going to make the bracket for the playoffs. I'm going to match them up against you. I want you to pick favorites. <laughs> I mean, what's interesting is 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 um, you know we're not going to have that many more teams that have big Tottenham stars. I mean, you have England, obviously. Yeah, that's gonna be a big one. Yeah, that's gonna be, that's gonna be a... Belgium. Yeah. All right, Joe. The poll question is, of course, what we decided earlier. Yeah, totally. I forget what it was though. I, I do too. Okay, something about oh, who is the most famous Man U player? Yeah, in the modern modern. I, I don't want in the modern like, in the modern. Oh, era. fucking! This is perfect. Yeah. Who's the most famous U Man U player in the modern era? Wayne Rooney, Cristiano, or Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Yes. My birthday my brother. my soulmate. Yeah, birthday right. brother. Um the other thing is is I'm going to post on the Reddit page, Reddit poll. You uh, can't there are no polls on Reddit. Well, we're going to just post a Reddit post about this. Picking the five teams for the super super episode. We'll throw some of that to the fan community. Whether what are you or not picking whether or not Iran oh, should have its can... own episode yeah, or yeah, not. Yeah. Well, I'll, 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 I'll craft a question. We can say, like, as it, in, as is in, Iran or Iceland? In as the... an African-American American, I'm very disappointed to say Iran. Iran. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. as uh, your entire Egyptian family would say. All right. You're a chameleon, Joe. You can it's be true. anything. I, I literally could be anything. <laughs> could be anything. I, I would fit in in Korea. I know. You would. I really would. You would. With your hair, they'd love it. Oh, yeah. When we went to Japan before, you Liz... You could be in a cape. Liz band. would, like, lose me in a crowd. <laughs> yeah. 
There aren't many Jews who have jet black hair Mm-mm. Mm-mm. and are also short. <laughs> oh, the Koreans are actually pretty tall. Yeah. They, I, w- I would not fit in. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, Joe, great episode. Great episode. All right. You want to bang out Saudi Arabia right now? Let's, <laughs> <laughs> Let's just tack it on to the end of the Korea episode. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. See you, Joe. They're not in. No. Okay. 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 See you, Dan.